Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, the Dope Ass Dude, and welcome to the Dope Ass Dude podcast. I am really excited about tonight because this conversation is about to be fire. I mean, we have a lot of great things. I was just speaking with Keandra before I came out and I told her, I said, hey, I can't ask you anything because I want it to be authentic and here uh, when they hear. So I'm just telling you just a little bit that we spoke on behind is it's about to be fire. So a couple of preliminary things you already know, if you don't mind, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe right now, click on notification. And um, so you can be notified every time a new podcast is uploaded to the channel. And then also go ahead and click on that like so it can be shared with others just like you. Now, if you're on the go and you don't have an opportunity to, to listen to the podcast on Mondays, you can always listen to it on the go because we are on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Again, that is Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And lastly, if you're not following me on TikTok and Instagram, if you don't mind, go out, follow me on both. Instagram and TikTok. My name on both of those platforms is the Dope As Dude Podcast. So you can find me there. And then again, I am just really, really excited about tonight's conversation because it is going to change your life forever. And Keandra, just to let you guys know, now her husband, Brandon, he's been on the podcast before. You may remember him from season two, episode one. He's the business therapist. And he's been on the podcast before. And he was an instrumental uh, part of season two. He helped a lot of people out and he's continually inspiring people. So if you don't mind following him on Instagram as well, the business therapy therapist, he's out there on Instagram. And I am not going to introduce Keandra because I want her to tell you guys about herself. So let's go ahead and bring her on out. <laughs> Keandra, what's going on? <laughs> Hello there. How are you again? I am amazing. How are you? I'm doing well. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I didn't want to introduce you. I want you to do your own thing. Um, so I'm Keandra Jones. I'm 46 years old. I am the president of the oldest chamber of commerce in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, which is the Oak Cliff Chamber of Commerce. I've been there 16 years. I was the first black, first uh, the youngest and female president of a chamber of commerce. So um, I love what I do. And uh, I have one little baby, little tiny baby. She's 29 years old. <laughs> and uh, I am married to the business therapist, um, Mr. Brandon Powell. We got married February 22nd of 2022. So 2222 22 at 222. And yes, I was wearing a tutu. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the twos. See, it's all about the twos. So that's me in a nutshell. 
That way, we know you bigger than that. We, but we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. So, tell me a little bit about the coordinator couple. I know that's one of your platforms that you have going on. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So that that is a recent development for the most part. So I, I was previously married, as was Brandon. And uh, obviously those relationships ended in divorce. But one of the things that we wanted to make sure is that we were aligned every day because there was the absence of that in our previous relationships. And so it is intentional that we coordinate every day because it forces alignment. You know how in those relationships when you're arguing, you're fussing, you're fighting, it is an impossibility to do that when you're having to coordinate clothes every day. So that's just our thing. It's bigger than just having matching clothes for us. It forces alignment for us. That's what it means for us. Wow. I love that because, you know, the funny thing about it is I kind of like saw that, felt that through like watching your videos and watching how you handle because I knew it was bigger than just the clothes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people would just look at you and think, oh, they just weren't a matching outfits, but it is, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the signal of the deeper thing that's really going on. And I like, so was that a hard transition for you and Brandon to like start practicing that alignment? Because y'all bring in two different past histories, all of that stuff and trying to get it on one track. Was that difficult? It was not difficult for us because Brandon, uh, he allowed me to just, you know, kind of take control. So I, I like clothes. I, I make no mistake. I, I just like clothes. It, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be. I like, I just like stuff. I'm a girl, you know, we like to, we just like stuff. And so I love matching stuff. And so Brandon said, you know what, just just do it. Just listen, baby, on the days that I'm going to meet with the client, don't have me in no cheetah print, you know, so just, just don't do that to me. But otherwise, you know, just do it. So the transition wasn't difficult just because he allowed me, he allows me to just kind of do my thing, you know, as long as yeah. I don't go too far. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about that word allowed. Cause I know some people out there like he allowed, you who is he to be telling you what to do you know we ain't meaning that she had to ask this guy for permission or anything but talk about the beauty of that because it is like i know you are a super strong woman you're independent you you do your own thing and for you to say he allowed me that's that's big that's yeah. big so like tell talk about allowing the beauty of just being free to you know whatever so, yeah, uh, that that is huge in our relationship is uh, respect. And while I don't have to go to my husband and ask his permission for anything, um, I do want to to be respectful and he's respectful. I can't force on him a thing. I do have to make sure that it's something that he's comfortable with. So he does have to allow me or allow my opinion or my perspective when it comes to how he's going to look every day. He has to be comfortable 
in how he looks. He has to feel a way. He has to feel like the person that he is. He has to maintain his identity. And so I have to make sure that he's feeling like him every day. So yeah, I do, I do get his perspective and he allows me to be creative. He allows me to do it. I love that. I love that. I love that. And so like, so you said, you know, and I know that we, a lot of the viewers of the podcast, they are females. There are females 30 and above. And you mm-hmm. got married when you remarried at 43, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at 43. Like, did you think after your first marriage that you would do it again or or did this just? Heck no. I thought I was done. <laughs> and I was cool with that. I was good with that. Like, I was done, done, you know, and when Brandon came along, uh, I was enjoying being single. Listen, I loved it. I have, you know, streets don't owe me nothing. I had a good time. (laughs) I had a great time (laughs) and probably would still be out there having a good time, you know, uh, had, uh, Brandon not shown up. Now, Brandon and I knew each other for several years. And he, he, had, he, I was one of his clients. The chamber was one of his clients. And so we had known each other several years and, you know, I just never, we didn't see each other like that. We were both married and, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, he called me one day and you, you, you kind of get a sense of Brandon's sense of humor. He called me one day, he was working on a project of mine and he said, um, Hey, would you like to go out for some, Fermented orange juice. Well, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what fermented orange juice was, and I was like, uh, uh, "Sure, <laughs> sure." You know. And so we did. We went out, uh, but because I didn't know whether to take him seriously or not, I invited like two other dudes that was on my rotation, and so I did. <laughs> You know, because I didn't know. I didn't know. And so I was, you know, I was dating and I, I was having a good time. And so there were three guys that were there, including Brandon. And so I decided since they were all there, then we should all just talk, you know. So Brandon was on my right and another dude, I don't remember his name, was on my left. And so, you know, we were all having conversation. Um, So, you know, needless to say, Brandon won. But, you know, uh, no, I did not plan on it. <laughs> I didn't plan on it. It just wow. Happened. It just happened. I mean, it is a beautiful happening. So, hey, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good thing. So, wow, that is like amazing because, you know, like I said, a lot of our viewers, they are in their 30s, 40s and so forth. And a lot of them in some regards have, you know, they they've been married before. And, you know, now when you your first marriage came to an end. Did you make that personal? Did you feel defeated or like a failure? Because some women feel that way because when they do get married, they are and not even just women, people in general, they get married and they think it's a forever thing. Yeah. And I'm going to be with you until the day we die. And then the marriage end and then it's like too much for them to handle. Did you feel any of that or? I felt all of that. Um so my my previous marriage, I was married to a, um, a man that did not know who he was. Uh, and 
and uh, I suffered severely because he was uh, lacking identity, you know, and so um, he was trying to find himself, you know, just being transparent. Um, he was trying to find himself and he, he was a, a serial cheater. The last year of our marriage, he had he admitted to me that he had slept with 14 different women, 14 slept with. And so I don't know how many times, but he told me that there were 14 the last year. And so and and of the 14, two of them were pregnant. And so I felt all the things, all all of the things, anger, rage, uh, defeat, uh, worthless. I felt all of the things. And, and then, you know, I work in a space where it's not okay to not be okay. So having to show up with this facade, even though my whole world was really crumbling. Um, and those two women that were pregnant were soon to deliver once I found out what was going on. And we were diseased. So by the time I found out, I was having health challenges. And so when you talk about emotions being everywhere, not only was I emotional, but physically I was um, having some health challenges because of um, his lack of discipline. And so, yeah, I went through a period where I just you know, I, I was de- all the things depressed and all of the stuff. So, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I mean, because I've done it and I love how you said I you still have to show up, you know, because people expect, you know, they expect us every day, regardless of what's going on in our lives. We We expect you to show up and you to be 100 at all times. It's never any downtime for you to like really feel. So how did you get through that moment? Because I know like for me, you know, when I was going through it, it it took time for me to get through it. And it took me making a actual choice that, hey, I want to be better. I want to get out of this here. I'm going to put in the work to do all of the things that I need to do to get over this here. What did you do to come out of that? So for me, it was not one thing. It was a series of things, and uh, it was it was a process and a long one at that. Um, I remember melting down one day, and I, for whatever reason, I called a classmate of mine that I hadn't spoken to in twenty something years. But just because I could not reach out to my inner circle and tell them just what what a mess it truly was. You know, I, I could not find the words. And I reached out to this old classmate of mine who said, hey, I've got some property in East Texas. Just go out there by yourself. I'm going to leave you the keys. I've got some cows out there. That's that's the only thing that will disturb you. I, and I remember just going out there in the country and just screaming and crying and melting down and just giving it to God in a pasture with cows. 
And I think that's when I finally just broke and realized I can't do this. I, I can't I can't heal me. I'm, there's nothing I can do. So I was a blubbering mess. And I just completely gave it to God in that moment. Um, and so it was the healing process was such a journey and still is, if I'm honest with you. And so I think that that's where it began. It did require me getting around some, some, uh, it, it required me creating a stronger support system outside of my marriage. I, I would have been married. I'd been with him a decade. And so I had it, I had to create strong relationships outside of that situation um, and, and just heal, sit in rooms by myself, cry, pray, cry, whatever, and just, just heal. And after I started cycling out of that, and said, you know what? <laughs> I'm not as bad as he said I was. Mm -hmm. This single thing is kind of cool. And then yeah, I started Because <laughs> <laughs> anytime you come out of a relationship that is traumatic or, you know, anything like that, you know, you really do have to take that time to heal. I mean, it's a process and sometimes you have to sit in it. And I think the mistake a lot of us make is we go and we instantly get in rebound situations. Yeah. And all we do is we hurt an innocent person or pausing yeah. another person that may be the right person, maybe a good person, but we damage them because we never, ever take time to just heal. And I, 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 we, we're afraid of that for whatever reason. We're afraid of just healing, I guess. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm guilty, very guilty of that. Uh, I did date too early and found another person and we trauma bonded. So he was coming off of a marriage and so was I. And it was nothing but trauma that that bonded us. And that's exactly what we did is we we abused each other emotionally because neither one of us were healed. And so I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I don't know now in retrospect, what's so wrong with just sitting there and healing? I don't yeah. know why we won't just do that. And I, I, I you know, I, I just think that for a lot of us, it's, you know, it's a scary place to be. We don't want to feel the pain. We don't want to go through that. But all we do is when you mask it with something else, you just delay it because it's all going to eventually come up. It's all going to come up and come out of you, you know, at some point. So just going through your life, jumping from relationship to relationship, that's never going to fix you. You're always just going to be broken in some regards. That's wow. right. When you still end up with you, you know, uh, <laughs> It doesn't matter what relationship you jump in and out of. You're still in relationship with you. I'm still in relationship with me. And, and that's the problem. See, we can't run from self. And I had to realize that at some point. I can't keep running from myself. You know, there's some things about me that have some brokenness that has to be fixed. And if I'm honest, all of my brokenness did not come from my ex-husband. It didn't. I was broken going into that relationship because I had not healed going into it. There was a broken little girl going into that relationship with him. And so 
you know, from my my previous husband to Brandon, I really had to realize just how much damage, how damaged I was. And I probably still don't know to the fullest extent, but I have a better idea of the damage that, you know, my childhood traumas and, and that relationship caused. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So like, so how did you get back to our, and I'm not going to say get back to, how did you find you, the you that you are today? Like, cause I don't want to say you got back to you cause you evolved, but how did you get to you today? Like, how did you get here? Again, that, that was a journey and a lot of it was talking to myself. Like if, if you saw me at my house by myself, you would probably think I was crazy, but I had to learn to talk to myself to offset some of the voices that were in my head, you know, because sometimes we allow people to plant things in our head that's not necessarily true. And so I had to out loud offset that. And so I practice looking in the mirror and saying, I love you, Keandra. And the first, I don't know, probably hundred times that I did it, it was so hard and I would look off because I could not look myself in the face and say, I love you, Keandra. It was hard for me. So I started there. I love you, Keandra. I love you, Keandra. That was so meaningful to me because I felt um, that I was unlovable. And what I was doing was trying to find a man to love me when I really needed me to love me. So that was where I started is just talking to me. And I still have to. You know, all of this for me is a process. I still have to talk to myself when those voices in my head are too loud. And so getting getting to me started there. Um, I started to ask myself questions like, okay, Keandra, what do you really enjoy doing? What do you like to do? Because sometimes when you're in a relationship with someone, especially as a woman, we, we would rather do what that our partner wants to do versus what we want what we want to do. So I had to learn what do you enjoy? What are your hobbies? You know, what are your skills? If someone asks me who I am, can I define myself without talking about my job? Like what is my identity? And so I started asking myself some tough questions and then getting to the point that I can answer them. So that's how I got to me. Wow. And I, I love how you said you had to talk to yourself because I'm big on affirmations. I say affirmations every day, all day long, because it is so true. And I think this is a part of the healing process. And if we could just slow down long enough, we can see and we we can realize a lot of the things that we're hearing in our head is something that maybe someone told us in the past. And we've adopted that as who we are. Yeah. And, and it's constantly replaying in our head. And when you get out of a situation, you you question everything about you because they've made you feel your lowest. And you yeah. don't get 
Yeah, you got to talk to yourself. And that's why, like I said, affirmations is a big thing to me. And I always tell people, um, I believe affirmations are prophetic a lot of times because in many cases, when we're speaking these affirmations, we don't believe it. That's the more you say it, it finds you. It finds you. And that's the the whole I am factor where they say whatever follows am, it finds you. The universe makes it find you. So that's why affirmations are so important because they you may not always believe it in that moment, but you eventually gonna believe because it's gonna the more you say it, the more it's gonna come true. That's right. Yes, that's right. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, so let's talk about. From me, let me see here. No, that's not it. From me to we. So here it goes. So, <laughs> so you back single now. You back single. You finding your groove and and you're finding out who you are. So like when you got married uh, to Brandon for the second time, this person that you realized you are at that moment, did you feel like you had to give up a part of that? for your new marriage? Absolutely not. Not even a little bit. Um, So I'm going to go, go backward to go forward. So in my previous marriage, I felt like I had to give up all of me to be in that marriage because he needed me. He was a vampire and he he, he needed my energy. He needed all of me to give to him because he didn't know who he was. It was completely different with Brandon because we both had been doing work separately on ourselves. And so what was so amazing about um, Brandon and I is, and we didn't know this later, maybe even after we were, after we were married that we discovered this, I, uh, I sometimes I journal and he does too. And I was writing to, to, uh, to God. I was writing a letter to Jesus actually. And, uh, and I told him in this letter, I said, if it, if it's your will, I will get married again, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to, but if I do, Lord, this is what I want. I'm telling you what I want. That may not be what you want for me, but this is what I want. And I listed all of these things and I feel two pages of things that I want from a man, okay? Separately, Brandon had done the same thing and I had no idea. Wow. But when we got together, we were each other's lists. There was nothing missing, still is nothing missing. Now, I don't wanna, I don't wanna make it seem like our relationship is perfect because it isn't. We, we're, you know, we're normal, we fight, we do all the things, okay? But as far as attributes, deal breakers, those kinds of things, there is nothing lacking. And so as far as me having to sacrifice or give up who I am, not at all. But it required me healing first. It required him healing first. And then when we came together and established what our boundaries were, because that's important. We know what each other's boundaries are. How far can you go? those kinds of things, then that, that's what made it work. But no, I didn't, I haven't lost any, I've gained, I haven't lost. I love that. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. And I tell people that all the time, you know, like, and of course I had a guest on here a few few weeks ago and, and I, I agree with what he said. He said, when you get in a relationship, he said, some parts of you have to die. 
You know, mm -hmm. some of your mentor, the way you think about things, they have to die. That part of you do have to die. And he said, but the danger that most people experience is that they never grieve those parts that had to die. You know, hmm. like if you like to go to parties and all of that type of stuff and you have to give that up because and not even so much give it up, but maybe cut back on it a little bit. You hmm. have to work through that because if you don't, you feel as though you're lacking or you're missing something because of someone else. And hmm. that turns into resentment and all of that stuff later down the line. So I do think that, you know, and I, and I think it's amazing that you said. Brandon, he doesn't take away from you. He enhances you. You know, he mm -hmm. makes you a better version of yourself. And I think mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, You know, I've never thought about the perspective of grieving anything. I I don't. So as far as the things that I, I gave up, like going out, I mean, I went out because I was single. So there was nothing, there was no loss there for me. You know, yeah. so there was nothing for me to grieve. I don't need to be going out when I'm married anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, what you doing? What you doing? I mean, so if I go out, I go out with my husband. I'm not looking for, I ain't looking for nothing else. You know, I'm good. So yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. No, what, I'm looking, yeah, what am I looking for? <laughs> But you know, the funny thing is some people, they still, I mean, I'm not a clubber, so I never got the hype of going to clubs and parties and all that type of stuff. But some people, they still want to continue to do it once they are married. And then it creates problems in their marriage because they want to do it. And their spouse is like, no, we ain't doing all of that. You know, uh, some of that stuff is just immaturity. If we can just call a spade a spade, some of that is just immaturity. And, uh, you know, I'm almost 50. And some of that you just don't even want to do. Listen, sometimes when I get out of bed, my knees hurt and my elbow hurts and my side hurts. I ain't trying to go to no club and drop nothing. You know what I'm saying? That it's, I'm not. I'm good. Mm -mm. That's just not my thing. You ain't trying to drop it like it's hot. I ain't trying to drop nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm barely getting out of bed. So, no, nah, I'm good. Okay, so let me ask you this here. So social media tends to put a little pressure on everything now. So you guys have this platform, The Coordinated Couple, and you're putting out there, you know. So as a couple, do you guys feel that pressure to be perfect at times? Or do y'all just? No. Okay, so no. <laughs> and I can't speak for Brandon. Heck no. No, I'm going to tell you. So Brandon and I office together. And so some, sometimes uh, people like, how can y'all be around each other 24-7? So we office together. We manage our team together. We do all the things together. Listen, I don't have time to be fake a phony no more. Sometimes when he is on my nerves, we will say, listen, you on my nerves right now. Can you go out there and I go over here? There is no pressure at all for me to be somebody I'm not. There comes the time. When you just say, you know what, this is who I am, unapologetically, this is who I am. If you don't like my hat or my pantyhose or my, you know, you can you can go somewhere else, you know. And uh, hey, it's still love. It's fine. I don't care. This I have spent too much of my life trying to conform to be on the other side of this thing. I'm middle aged, so I'm not trying to conform anymore. So either you like it or you don't. 
And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was that a process to get there to this? Yeah. Unapolog- that was a, that was a process. Oh, absolutely. So let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about that. So during that process, like what, what had to happen? What was your process, your cocoon process? You know, uh, I, I go back to, um, the voices in your head, like what causes a person to, to feel that they're not okay as they are. And usually it's stuff in our heads. Like for me, uh, I'm one of three children. Uh, All three of us have different fathers. Uh, My sister's father, she has a relationship with, and then my brother's father, to some extent, he has a relationship with him. I don't know who my father is. I have no identity. And I can't seem to get the real truth as to what really happened, like, you know, so that creates so much in, uh, insecurity, I, a lack of identity anyway, not to mention I was bullied and all the things, not that I want to come across as a victim, but it it's a contributing factor. And so when you grow up with a lack of self-esteem, you grow up feeling like, uh, I'm ugly because I'm dark skinned or I'm ugly because I have a shape or this kind of shape versus that kind of shape. Or my sister is more athletic than I am. And see, I was, I don't know if you can tell, but I was in theater. And so <laughs> that wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the cool kids club, you know, right, right. <laughs> I was in theater. And so it creates some insecurity and, you know, at some point in my life, after my last marriage, did I say, I love you, Keandra. And so my process was accepting or creating love for myself, accepting me, getting rid of those voices in my head and starting to love myself. Then did I realize I don't care what anybody else's opinion is because mine is the only one that matters. So that that was my my process. It's it's all it all all roads lead back to self-love for me. Yeah. And and I and I I mean I agree with you. You do reach that place where you're just like, hey, this is who I am. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna be free. I'm gonna make my own decisions, not worry about what anybody else think about it. You know, because like I shared with you before, and I've shared on the podcast, you know, when I turned 50, I felt the freest I've ever felt in my life, but I felt the loss, most loss. And but I had to get to this place that it was like, I'm just gonna be me. Mm-hmm. You know, and if people accept it, they accept it. If they don't, they don't. But, you know, I've learned that life tends to bring people who are supposed to be in your life or every phase of your life. Mm-hmm. So you change the people in the world going to change your circles are. And uh, one of the guests that was on here last season, he said that he has circle friends and he has corner friends and his circle friends are the circle people that you do the Sunday fun day and all of this other kind of stuff. You see them, you laugh and all this other kind of stuff. But those corner people, they're the ones that's in his ear, that's encouraging him, that he can be 100% authentic with, no judgment, and they still love him. And that's what I kind of like realized too. I had a lot of people in my circle. 
you know, because I, I I I always I love people, so there are always people around me. You go to dinner, whatever. But the older I get, I'm realizing my my circle or corner, whatever you want to call it, it's it's really small. You know, it's really small, and I'm good with that because I need people in my life that are gonna, like I said know the worst of me, but still see the best of me. Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we need. We need those type of people in our life. And a lot of us don't have that. We are surrounded around people that they don't mean us good. No good. Yeah. You know, um, you, you, th- that is, that is so amazing. And I agree with that, that not everybody has that in their lives. I will tell you when I was going through that transition that we've talked about, I looked around and I did not feel like I had any friends. And at some point, and I don't remember what point it was, I remember asking myself, but Keandra, are you a friend? But are you a friend? And so I needed to correct that. I needed to be the friend that I was looking for. And then my friends did show themselves. And like you, I don't have, now I know a bunch of people, but as far as those corner friends, I can name two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, let's see what she says here. So Lori says nothing better than a small circle. Yeah, I agree. The bigger your circle is, the more people in your business and all this other kind of stuff. Nah, can't do that. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So let's talk about the price of, let's see, partnership because you, like you said, you and Brandon, y'all share an office. Y'all do a lot of your ventures and everything together. Like, Mm -hmm. so like, how, how do you feel about that? Like, is that hard work to do, you know? Yes, it is. I have no lies for you. Yes, it is a challenge. It is a challenge. So uh, when, when Brandon and I got together, um, he had two offices in Irving and it was during the pandemic that we started, you know, started this relationship. And so he was doing all of his things online. He was doing virtual calls, et cetera. And I said, you know, why don't you, why don't you shut those down since you're paying, you know, these thousands of dollars a month, shut those down and you can office with me. So from an econ- economic standpoint, it made sense if we were, especially if we were going to be merging households. Um, but I will tell you the day-to-day can be a challenge. So when we get up in the morning, we, we're early risers. So Brandon gets up about 1.30 or so, and I'll probably get up about 3 a.m. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to do. <laughs> we do. We have a lot to do. And so our process starts. Now, if we have a dis- dispute about you know, anything. We're fixing to go to work together. You know what I'm saying? And so, and my first staff meeting is at seven o'clock. And so, you know, sometimes we still rolling our eyes at each other. So it's a challenge sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it is. So like, so what do you do in those situations where like y'all are not like on one, like on one accord at the moment? Like, how do you guys, process that and just still maintain and how long do you sit in that before y'all just say hey this this ain't even worth it let's fix it 
So we are we are very different in that regard. So Brandon, uh, Brandon's the kind of person that can stay composed and he can have a, a problem with you, but you know, he can stay composed all day long and, and be all right. You know, I am not like that. So I'm like, okay, when are we gonna deal with this? And I don't care who's around. Okay, when are we gonna deal with it? Cause we got a problem. I don't like that you did, you know, so we need to go ahead and deal with it. So for me, uh, it's, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. If we have a problem, we're, we're going to, you know, I'm going to harass him until we, until we solve it. And he's pretty good. <laughs> it takes a special person to deal with all of that. And so he, he does really good. So he, he'll listen to me and let me get it out. And <laughs> you wow, know. wow, wow. So let me ask you this here. So, cause I definitely want to go back to this here because like I said, you guys have such a enormous presence on social media. So like, you know, a lot of people don't know your true story, you know, and then uh, you, you're open with it, you know, you put it out there, but a lot of people may not know like your upbringing and may not even know about your previous marriage and, mm -hmm. and all that, but they see your pictures and they see mm -hmm. you and Brandon's video and they just like, dang, I want that, but they don't know what you had to go through to get that and yeah. what you've been through and all of that other kind of stuff. What do you say, you know, to people who may look at you and just think you all perfect and that your life has just been, yeah. Cause I saw you on social media. I was like, she always smiling and they always dressed alike and coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> they got it together. So, like, what would you say to somebody that, like, see you and they'd be like, dang, I want that? Because everybody can't handle our story. Man. Um, so I appreciate the compliment. I, I do. And and um I don't I don't want to come across that way because um, you know, Brandon and I both have a lot of war wounds. You know, I, I grew up in East Texas and I've shared with you some of that. But for most of my formative years, I was sexually abused um, by, you know, a family member. And the thing is, my my mother was, you know, she was distracted. She was a very distracted single parent, you know. And uh, when my brother and my sister were off with their fathers, I was being sent to the the very family member that continued to sexually abuse me. And so um, there's a lot of trauma associated, you know, just with that. Not to mention my mother had a lot of men in and out of our, uh, of our home. And so unfortunately, um, I, you know, seemingly I was the target. And so you or I shouldn't say you, I carry those wounds into my relationships, my past and my present relationship. And although I have uh, undergone quite a bit of therapy, there's still wounds there that show up in my marriage. There's still, um, I'm still impacted by those, by those wounds. And so, no, there's no 
not even a little bit of perfection over here, not even a little bit. Um, we are overcomers, but um, we've got a lot of wounds over here. And so we just choose, and it's a daily choice to be each other's support. Yeah. Wow. And I love how you said choose. Like on, on my first journey, you know, when I first started like trying to change the way I think and live my life and everything, the book I read was The Healingness of Choices by Stephen Ardenburn. And he gives 40 affirmations in the book. You read the 40 affirmations for 40 days. You read it every day, the same 40 affirmations and everything. And he talks about how you have to make that choice daily to be healed. It's, you know, some things it's, you know, it, it takes a while to happen. And it's even forgiving people. Some things we have to forgive some people every day for the same thing over and over again because it, it, it if you don't it's gonna stay in you so you just forgive until it leaves you that's right and I love how you said that you you guys make the choice because you mm -hmm. really do have to make a choice every day to be healed mm -hmm. and have a healed mind because something is always you know going to touch that wound that's still sore still right. a little bit sore and you're gonna feel that pain and then if you don't like pay attention to that. You're just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so we, even over the holidays, um, I was sharing with Brandon that, that I was so triggered, so triggered over the holidays because it seemed that, you know, my mother would bring, um, different people around during the holidays and holidays are, they're very difficult for me. Um, and so there's, even though it's it's a really good time of year for most people, there's lots of triggers for me. And so, yes, every day I'm trying my best to remain healed. And I tell myself, you are not a victim out loud. Keandra, you're not a victim. You're an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You're not a victim. And uh, I handle myself pretty rough sometimes on purpose because it's easy to fall into that victim mentality and stay there because we want to feel sorry for ourselves and we want other people to feel sorry for us for, for us and so just because I smile that doesn't mean that it's easy for me to do that I'm choosing to yeah yeah and oh wow that's really 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 good and I I, I just posted on um social media last night that it's okay to reflect on what you've been through. It's okay to reflect on what you've been through. Just don't get stuck there. But you yeah. have to, most importantly, you have to celebrate how far you've come from mm. what you've been through. And I think that's what we do a lot of times. We get stuck in what we've been through. And like you said, you know, you're not the victim, you're overcoming. But a lot of us, we we become the victim. No, if you just really realize like how far you've come from that, whatever that is, yeah. you made a tremendous change. You're a different person. And sometimes again, that's where affirmations come in. You say, I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. I am, you know, more, I am this, I am that. And, and the more you say it, the more you feel it, the more you see it, and I, I tell people all the time, like, my, my, I have a beautiful life. My, my, my life is beautiful, but it doesn't mean I don't have ugly moments. Yeah. I do. 
Yeah. I have ugly moments. I have moments I cry, think about stuff. and But I think about, again, how far I've come. I think, thank God, I'm not in that situation anymore. You got me out of it, untouched, Mm -hmm. unharmed, because life could be completely different for me if if it wasn't for God getting me out of it. And it wasn't for me making that choice to be healed, Mm -hmm. to be healed. Mm -hmm. And that's, I just tell people all the time, you know, we are all overcomers in something. Mm -hmm. We are overcomers in something. And yeah, life ain't perfect. Life be life. Doesn't it? Yeah, and I get, it like- I get tired of it sometimes, man. I get so tired. <laughs> I need about 50 feet sometimes. Because <laughs> it be life and life be life and in moments. But, it you know, it, again, it's just a moment. And that's another thing people have to understand. When life, when you have those life, it's life and moments. It's a moment. It's not your life. That's it's right. just that moment right there that you're living in. And if you hold out a little bit longer, that moment is going to come to an end. You'll come out of it. You'll be better. Yeah. 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 That's right. I wow. agree wholeheartedly. Wow. 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 So let's see what we got here. So Lori said, I believe we all have a story. We just have to figure out how to handle our story. That is so true. So I so, agree so, with that. Yeah. I agree. And Jacqueline said, thank you for sharing this. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. And then, uh, but isn't that smiling and affirmation a form of masking rather than actually healing? No, I don't think so, Durant. I don't think that smiling and affirmations is that because like we said earlier, not all the time are you going to feel the affirmations that you're saying. Mm -hmm. Affirmations is the act of faith. It's an act of, you know, believing what is not to be and eventually it's going to come. And we aren't saying, at least I'm not saying, and I know I don't think that uh, Keandra said, we're not saying fake it until you make it. No one is saying that because I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer of sitting in what you feel. I, yeah. That's one thing I do. When I'm going through something, I sit in it because I want to mm-hmm. sit in it, process it and get rid of it. Yeah. And but I still in those moments where I'm sitting in it, I still have a lot of stuff to smile about. Yeah. I still have a lot of stuff to be happy about. I still because I'm blessed. And Mm -hmm. that's what we have to remember. My problems is not my life and it's not my purpose. So, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I agree with sitting in it and feeling it. You need to feel whatever it is, but you can't wallow in it. And that's the difference. There is a period of time and you have to give yourself a period of time and it has to expire because after a while, you'll become depressed. And I believe, and and y'all know I am not a doctor or anything else, but I believe that depression is the absence of gratitude. And so I have to pull myself out of whatever that place is, realizing emotions can be deceiving. Emotions are can be deceiving at times and and grab onto something that I'm grateful for so that I can pull myself out of that place. I think that's important. A smile definitely doesn't mean that I'm not going through things. I am going through it. And if you're around me, I'll even announce it. I'll even say, hey, you know what? I'm trying to manage my emotions today. Got some stuff going on. So eh, you might want to give me 50 feet. So I will say that, acknowledge it. And we're moving on. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So we got a question here for you from Yolanda. How do you maintain a relationship with a spouse or partner who triggers your past trauma? Go upside the head. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that is a great question. And, um, and, and Yolanda, I, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes that's that's a, a, a challenge, even in our household, because while my husband has experienced some abuse, he's never experienced, thankfully, sexual abuse. And so it's it's different. And some of the things that that he does triggers me. I do believe that. um it is important to to know how to talk to and when to talk to your spouse. For us, it's that quiet time right before we go to sleep when the lights are off, there's no distractions. And you go to your husband or your significant other and you say, and not attacking him, because we do have to check our tone. Now, I I know most, most of us women, we got a little attitude, you know, so check your tone. And have a heart to have heart to heart conversations with him, but go first and say, baby, you know, here, here is what I what I've gone through. Appeal to his heart and say, because of this that I've gone through, sometimes when you do A, B, C, and D, that triggers this thing that I've gone to gone through. But you do have to know your spouse and know when it's that that, that sweet time, that, that right time to talk to them about it. So sometimes you can't address it in that moment. Sometimes you have to sit in the fact that they've triggered you. And then when it's the best time to talk to them, talk to them about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really good what you said, because a lot of times people don't know that those are what they're doing is a trigger for you. They don't know. That's just their natural behavior and they do it or something that they learned in a previous relationship Mm -hmm. and they think it's okay to bring it into your relationship and they don't know that it's a trigger. So, yeah, I think I love how you said just talk to them about it and say, hey, when you do this, this dude does this to me. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. So any other questions before Keandra, before we get out of here tonight? I'm going to let y'all put those in the comments if y'all have some questions or if you have a question for me. Hopefully not, but you may. <laughs> Let's see here. So if you have any questions, put them in the category. And while we're waiting on that, you guys know how we work this season of the podcast. You all tell me what you want us to talk about next week. So my guest next week is John Harper. Harper. He's a social media influencer and he is an actor and he's doing his thing and he's going to be here next week on the podcast. So we came up with three topics that we want to present to you guys and y'all let us know. So first one is excuses aren't an option. That's one. And then emotionally available. That's another one. And this guy's recently uh engaged so engagement versus dating what's the difference on in his perspective so you guys put in the comment what you want us to talk about and you already know if you don't put it here you can always go out on spotify the poll will be out on spotify thank those who have gone on spotify and voted out there but the poll will be on spotify as well you can vote out there but if you want to drop it in the comments tonight what you want us to talk about then we'll hit it up next week. But let's see, we have something going on here. Uh, Durant said, 
Oh, he asked a question for you. Did molested or sexually abused cause you to be promiscuous or totally disgusted with sex? I became disgusted. Oh, and Duran, thank you for your transparency, man. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate that. And and I apologize to you for, you know, being violated. It is the most horrific thing that I think can happen to a child. Uh, but I became promiscuous, unfortunately. And, and it's unfortunate, but usually there is an extreme, just like he put in his question. Usually there is a, uh, an extreme. There are times that I am disgusted by sex. I'm not an overly sexual person because of it. That's uh, due to the drama, uh, trauma. But yes, I was very, very promiscuous. Wow. Wow. Any other questions we got out there? We got a few more minutes here before we shut down. Any other questions out there? And again, while we're waiting, you can follow Keandra, Keandra on Instagram uh, at Keandra Jones. It's scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Or you can follow her at coordinated underscore couple. And like I tell you, they put out great content, amazing content. And I know Brandon personally, and he's been on the podcast. We met for lunch and this guy uh, in talking to him. He talks about Keandra all the time. He's constantly talking about her the whole time you're talking to him. He, he finds a way to loop her into the conversation. I'm like, dude, like, man up here. Like, man, no, I'm not just playing, but he, he loves his wife. He loves his wife. So that's what I can tell you. And he's an amazing guy. And um, so, yeah, he is, I can tell you, Keandra, he definitely loves that you're in his life. So, well, the feelings. The feelings. Ah, good, good, <laughs> good. So if we have no other questions, guys, thank you for tuning in on tonight. And um, we will be back again next Monday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, same place. John Harper will be the guest. You can go out on Spotify. You can vote out there on Spotify on the poll there. And again, Keandra, you have any final words you want to share with us tonight? Yes, I do. So for, for anyone who's listening that is a single woman who has uh, built her career, uh, don't, don't be discouraged. I hear it so much. People that are my age and, you know, they've got this thriving career but yet there's this one thing that is missing. For, number one, uh, society uh, makes us feel that we need a man to be complete. You are complete by yourself. You're already complete. God completed it when you were made. You are complete. But if it is your desire to be with someone, pray for what it is you want specifically. And I believe that God will will give you the desires of your heart. I love that. Well, everybody closing on that amazing note there, Keandra, thank you for coming on here tonight. This has been a joy. I'm going to have to get you back. And this has been a joy to have you on the podcast tonight. And guys, we will see you all on next Monday. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Keandra, that was amazing.